0: More and more, we are realizing the true power community has to lift up the human race in so many ways. We started this show to put the spotlight on community organizations, to highlight their contributions and to share insights on the importance of community. Every week, tune in as our host, Stu Starkey, helps raise awareness around one of the most important aspects in
1: all of our lives.
0: Welcome to the community of Big Hearts.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to the community of Big Hearts. Uh, This week in the spotlight, we are highlighting our guests, Pauline and Sue from, I'm going to try and get this right, Kelowna Caring Canine Society. I was practicing that earlier and uh, told it to a friend, and they said, I bet you can't say that five times fast. And I found out I couldn't say it one time fast. (laughs) Um, How are you guys? Fabulous.
2: We are great
1: excellent sue and pauline uh for those that aren't listening or watching on youtube uh who do you guys uh, have with you there
2: so this is my dog jeepster she is a golden doodle and she is she turned 13 january 1st and she's been working for Kelowna Caring canines for uh it'll be 11 years coming up next week so wow. putting- Entire life.
1: Amazing.
0: Okay, and I have a mother daughter duo here. I have Toby um, and Ellie. They're Pembroke Welsh Corgi Tricolor. Um, <laughs> Ellie is 13 and Toby will be 15 in July. Uh, Ellie's been working uh, with C- caring canines since she was 18 months, and Toby, we were able to adopt when she was five. So she'll be on her ninth year this year.
1: Awesome. I I know we had to get the dog introductions out of the way because um, as was explained to you guys earlier, I have a guide dog. And since I've got Nimble everywhere I go, I have to introduce her first because that's all anybody wants to, uh, to learn about and meet. So uh, now that we've got the the dog, your dogs out of the way, um, I would love to hear about you guys and uh, Kelowna Caring Canine Society. What do you guys do there?
2: So myself, um, I sit on the board of directors, um, as well as I'm the coordinator out at the airport. So I've worked on the, that for quite a while. It took about two years for the city of Kelowna to accept the fact that dogs were needed at the airport. So uh, I coordinate a staff of uh, eight uh, out there, as well as nine dogs.
1: Wow. And, and so how long have you been doing that, Pauline?
2: Um, well, I've been with the society for going to be 11 years, but we've been working at the airport now for three years.
1: Oh, awesome. I, I know that um, I've only become uh, more aware of the different types of uh, working dogs, therapy dogs over the last, I'd say about four or five years. Um, and I think, that see, it seems to be coming more publicly recognized that they're working dogs and they do a great service and and people quite like them. I didn't know that organizations like yourselves have been around for eleven years plus.
2: Oh, since yeah,
0: well, it's uh, actually been around since uh, nineteen ninety three. Wow, uh, I've been involved with the uh, association since uh, two thousand and two. Uh, with my first set of visiting corgis uh, windsor and jewel okay and uh, from there i was asked to uh, be involved with special events and so i was an assistant to our special events coordinator Um, later on i became a member of the board and when we were trying to grow our organization we decided to take a few leaps forward and you know do the website and get involved with more public events and appearances, I became in charge of special events and I'm the webmaster for the art organization.
1: Hmm. Um, And and how many people are working in the organization and and on the board?
0: There's five of us on the board at the moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have approximately between 30 and 40 members right now. It's kind of hard because with the pandemic, we're not sure if we're gonna lose some members because they have lost interest with us not being able to visit right now. But we have between 30 and 40 on our membership
2: list.
1: When you say members, are are they uh, paid members or is it strictly volunteer?
2: Strictly, strictly volunteer. Amazing. Uh, we haven't, and unfortunately, we haven't been able to visit for just over a year now. So, the dogs are even excited just to appear today. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty they've got excited. Their, yeah. They've got all of their IDs on, and uh, yeah, yeah. We
1: we we can tell how excited they were when they're first settling down there.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, that's that's awesome. Um, how how many? Animals, when you guys were um, in in full program mode, how many dogs were you guys uh, delivering in service uh, every day or annually? Well,
0: we had had over about 52, 54 Mm -hmm. at one point. Um, And uh, we work at over 20 healthcare facilities as well as things like the college the airport, um, an alternative school, and different community organizations that have us out on a regular basis.
1: Hmm.
2: We also work at uh, Kelowna General Hospital. All three of these dogs are kind of permanent residents there and have worked there for many years, different wards in the hospital, as well as several care homes in the facility.
1: So when you say they're working, um, what would they be doing on a regular day?
0: (laughs) They'd be running into the facility. They'd be so excited to go to work. (laughs) Um, And they have to check in with the volunteer coordinator of the facility when they start. And then they go around and depending on what type of facility it is, uh, interact with patients one-on-one or interact with patients that have been brought together as a group and so uh, my dogs work with the uh, children on the psych unit and so we work with a, a therapist and they bring all the children into a group and the dogs sit in the middle and it's not just about petting the dogs but it's about having good conversation about dogs and pets and how wonderful pets can be and that kind of thing And then when they work on the children's unit, they go around and visit one room at a time and visit with every child that would like to see a happy smile or two from a furry friend.
1: I imagine that they can help calm and focus those kids.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of calming that goes on. These guys are pretty calm natured dogs anyways. So it, um, they're pretty bulletproof. So hmm. if kids are anxious or a little bit unnerved over something. It doesn't take too long to get them calmed down with these guys around.
1: Would, would the training differ between the, um, the, the hospital dogs and the airport
2: dogs? Um, I would say no. Um, you know, we're still, um Uh, fielding, uh, you know, at the airport, you would say passengers that perhaps are nervous about traveling, have maybe never traveled before, Hmm. or it's maybe not a happy trip. um, And, you know, when they're fairly anxious, so it, it just, we walk around and sometimes we even will, someone, a passenger may be so nervous that they even need to be walked right to their seat. So we have security passes uh, from the federal government and we're allowed to actually go on board the aircraft and help that passenger settle right down. So they are able to fly.
1: Oh, that's, that's so neat. I, I have some friends who are nervous flyers and I know that would help distract them uh, from their nerves. Um, I'm I'm so spoiled. It's like, I have nimble who's my guide dog and I've, Prior to uh, 2020 in March, uh, I was doing quite a bit of traveling uh, with her. And, oh, it's just such a pleasure to be able to travel with a pal that's just so happy to see everything uh, so calming for myself and the people around me too. Um, You guys just have amazing uh, jobs and roles there. That sounds really cool.
0: It's definitely been rewarding and every day it's, there's just another reward or another, an amazing moment with an interaction with somebody.
1: Speaking of that, do you guys have, um, some stories that you guys can share, um, that are some of your favorite or some stats of impact, uh, in the community?
2: Well, I know, you know, stats-wise, we were talking earlier, and we, uh, between all of the facilities, I, and we have to submit once a year to Volunteer Canada, um, we do approximately, uh, between all of our team, 2,800 hour, volunteer hours per annum. <laughs> so, that's that's a lot of volunteer hours.
1: Wow. I imagine that uh, finding volunteers or encouraging volunteers when you got amazing animals, trained animals like that is probably not as difficult as some other organizations are having uh, these days.
0: Uh, We have no trouble getting members. Um, We do uh, do a screening process with um, each handler and their dog, which they have to pass to be able to be accepted into our organization. And so sometimes uh, some people think that uh, their dogs are a little bit more calm and good natured than they really are. And so through the screening process, we would eliminate any dogs that didn't quite fit the build. And uh, there's never a shortage of people that want to come through our screening process. We get requests for membership all the time.
1: Hmm. So you're, are your dogs then um, the members' dogs?
0: Yes, yes. Yes.
1: Oh, I see. Okay, so you're screening. We also
0: also screen the handler and the handler's ability to handle their dogs and act in different situations.
2: Hmm.
1: So is there like a training um, regime that the member has to go through before they can go into service at the airport or the hospital.
2: Absolutely. Uh, I know at the airport, I do the training for the airport, but um, so it's, you know, it takes a few weeks. um, Besides not only the the dogs getting used to the airport, the are also getting used to the airport and, you know, knowing where to go, knowing to go where to go through different screening processes um, uh, security wise. Um, So there's that aspect of it as well, because we have, it's called a rake pass, a restricted area pass um, from the federal government that we have to actually go through as well. So we go through a, a criminal record check for the hospital and the medical facilities, but as well, you have to go through a federal check for the airport. So it's not only just the dog learning, it's also the handler learning, you know, how the airport works. I see. And the same thing applies
0: for the hospital as well. Um, so with different types of wards, some dogs are not necessarily suitable for every yeah. ward. So yeah. um, especially like with something like the children's psych unit, the dogs have to be super calm and the handler has to be uh, trained in protocols in case something were to go wrong. Yeah. And not every handler Finds that that's something that they that they want to do. It might not be their avenue of volunteer. And the same for the children's unit. Uh, the dogs have to be wonderful with children. And not every dog that we have in our program is happy to be around children. Not every mm-hmm. dog in our program is happy to be in a very busy place like an airport. So we we are always when we go through our training process and screening process, we're looking for. Um, the disposition of the dog and the handler to see where we can best put them and train them.
1: I was watching um, a couple of your uh, uh, communications videos that you guys put out and Henry was a a fairly young pup when he was first on this video. And he was, uh, I think, a a berm, berm doodle. Uh, mixed between a Burmese Mountain Dog and uh, a Poodle, and right. he apparently was a super docile dog. I imagine he would have been earmarked for the the children's unit.
0: Yeah, we've had um, we've had some beautiful dogs that have had, found their calling in rather unusual places yeah. within yeah. our facility within within our organization. So. Mm.
2: Um,
0: it's just been great to be able to find these dogs and put them where they're going to do their best work and and get the best response from the people that they're visiting.
1: How has COVID affected uh, your organization?
2: Our, our, our organization as well is the only organization allowed in the hospital here, as well as the airport. Hmm.
0: And so without with COVID, we haven't been able to be involved in any visiting activities of any kind. And so not only has that um, affected our membership, but it's also affected our ability. We have decided not to charge our membership a fee this year because nobody's doing any work. So we felt that it wasn't right to charge a membership fee Hmm. and we haven't been able to do any fundraising. So Certain uh, community organizations or businesses might have us out for a pet therapy lunch or pet therapy afternoon at the office. And then they give us a donation in exchange for that. And we haven't been able to do anything like that at all all year. So it's really cut into our fundraising efforts as well.
1: I see. So you still are active at the hospital in the airport?
2: No. No, we have uh... completely shut down since March the 10th
1: of 2020 oh,
2: shoot. So all of our dogs are chomping at the bit
1: <laughs> it, is there a light at the end of the tunnel any discussion on when this may be lifted for you guys
0: no. no we thought maybe that we might be able to start doing some outside things this summer but we haven't been able to get any kind of answer from anybody and Now they're saying that there won't even be any outdoor events this summer. So we wouldn't be able to have any kind of a group event for a business or for the community.
1: That's tough not knowing. You know, if you had a date, you could plan for it and um, garner support around it. But not knowing is probably the toughest part, eh?
0: Yeah, it's been been very frustrating because we still have to be ready in case they change their mind or come up with the dates and it's really hard to get ready when you have don't have the motivation from any kind of information that comes from through our health region or through interior health or through the airport to say hey maybe you know by October or hey maybe this winter or something like that it's still everything is still very much up in the air for us
1: I see.
2: And it's so sad right now, as Sue mentioned that this is the time where the hospital could really use our help. And, you know, and I mean, the airport's not as busy um, with passengers, but, you know, this is the time where homes could really use a visit from the dogs, but we, we can't go in and visit.
0: Right.
1: How can the community help you guys? through obviously the, this tough time for your organization, how much impact you guys have had um, on the community in a positive way before COVID happened? What, what can the community do to help you guys now?
0: Oh, man! Well, the thing that's, that's been really hard for us is that we st- have to be ready and we have to always be 100% organized in case we're allowed to go back to doing our volunteer work. So we've still had to pay for our yeah. commercial insurance, yeah, and that's not cheap. And so with and without being able to fundraise, um, donations are just huge for us right now. So that we'll will be able to operate properly once we open up.
1: Hmm. We'll we'll, we'll be sure to be spreading the word on our, our social networks uh, to let them know the need um, and where it'll be going to.
0: Yeah. It's um. You know, we would love to be doing a lot more stuff in the community if we could just even do anything. Like I said, it was something outside or, you know, even a walk by a nursing home with everybody sitting out front or something, but we've been pretty much told that there's absolutely no way that we can do anything at this particular moment. So the next thing after the the pandemic is over and we can go back to visiting is that There might be more community groups and community facilities that would like to have us visit and um, that could also be overwhelming to us if all of a sudden you know a bunch of programs within the city of Kelowna decide to investigate having um, pet therapy as part of their uh, road to recovery or through medical recovery or something like that
1: I can feel the the mental shift of the public on the acceptance and, and even the encouragement of these types of programs. So I'm personally highly encouraged that that'll be the case as soon as things open up, given also that mental health is in, in a fair bit of deficit um, through the loneliness that's happening through COVID. So I'm sure people would be accepting literally with open arms uh, your puppies in Kelowna.
0: Yeah, and we do the, the college here. And we, so they, once a month, they have days for all the students. And of course, the students have been working online and working remotely and they haven't been together. And so the day that they can go to classes properly and have us come back, I can imagine that it's gonna be a very busy yes. event for us because it's gonna be long overdue. They tried to do it on Zoom. And have different Zoom events for the students, and it didn't go over very well. It yeah. was just not the right platform for well, pet therapy. People want to touch and they feel. They do, yeah. Right? They want to touch and they feel want to the pet dogs. the dog. Yeah.
1: You know, that is actually the best analogy I've ever heard to talking about why being in person yeah. is, is so important. We're, we're removing ourselves. Um, into these digital worlds. And I think we're telling stories about how much more we can get done by doing everything virtual and it has its place, but um, that is such a great example of why people at their core, their base needs, you need to be in person. It just, it's hard to put words to it, but that specific story explains it so well to me. That's, that's a great kind of light bulb moment for me. Gals, I, I would love to end this, this conversation here with a uh, question. I end it with everybody, um, is what's the kindest thing anyone has ever done for you guys?
2: <laughs> we had some we, pretty, we've had this, we uh, I know you can edit this out. So we we've had this conversation last week and then we had it again this morning when Sue came over, um, And like, I always, I don't know. It's about the dogs and we're here because of the dogs. And so I don't know, do I want to tell a story about me personally or do I want to tell a story about the dog and how much the dog meant to someone and how much it touched my heart? Would that answer your question?
1: You know, what I've found the, the, the best reflections on that question were ones that came instinctually and typically are really simple. They don't have to be profound. It's, it's usually the simplest things end up being um, the kindest um, in, in these moments. So whatever kind of struck you first, I would encourage to share that.
2: Okay. Well, should yeah. We tell our two yeah. Stories? yeah, we
0: should. Yeah, because we, we, they were both first to mind for me. anyway. yeah, so yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. The, yeah. First. So, um, a few years ago, we were, my husband and I were in Palm Springs and this is not a community here, but it's a community. So I didn't know the area and I had taken my dog Jeepster to get groomed. So, um, Drop, my husband dropped her off and then I he went golfing and I said oh I'll just go ride my bicycle and go pick her up when she's done but I didn't bring my cell phone so I get there well the groomers did a terrible job and it was 107 degrees out that day and it was probably a couple miles to get back but I thought you know there's shade trees and lemon trees and whatever and she'll be fine. I brought some water with me and we'll walk with the bike back. So when I picked her up, they did a terrible groom and they had literally took all of her hair off. Like it was down to the skin. So she was absolutely traumatized as well as myself. So I was crying and she was crying. And so I'm walking home, pushing the bike. And she just, she's so upset that she starts to convulse. And so I gave her water and there was nobody on the road. I didn't know anybody. And I forgot my phone. I couldn't even phone a taxi. And all of a sudden out of the blue, this police car pulls up and he says, you are, you okay? And I said, no, I'm not okay. And, you know, and he could see that I was distraught. My dog was distraught. She was panting. So he, puts my bike in the back of the cop car and puts us in the back of the cop car, my dog and I, and he drives us home. And I just thought like, I cried even harder because I thought, you know, you didn't have to do that. Um, And it was just this community where I was, this sole policeman helped me out that day. And it meant a lot to me. And he even phoned the next day just to make sure that my dog was okay. And I thought, wow,
1: that follow-up blows me away. That's uh, such a simple kind act. And
2: last time I've ever sat in a police car.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Hopefully the last. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) How about you, Pauline?
0: Sue. 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 Yeah. Um, So the first thing that came to mind was my husband and I travel um, the back roads We take a month off on our motorcycles and just tour around. And we're in small towns in the middle of nowhere. Sometimes we don't even know where we are because we found a great back road and it doesn't necessarily go the direction we wanna go in but it's such a pretty road that we just keep going. And we had stopped for gas in a little bitty town in Southern Illinois. And by the time we finished getting gas, the sky was as black as the ace of spades. And we knew there was a storm coming and all of a sudden the wind started to come up and we just weren't really sure where to go because it's out in the middle of the prairie and there was no cover at the gas station. And just as we were looking around, deciding where to go next, this young gal in a a truck came up to us and said, follow me, follow me right now. And we just went, yeah, okay, We'll, well, we'll follow you. We don't know what else to do at this particular minute. So we followed her through some back alleys and through a side street and came across a covered parking area. And she said, put your bikes up against the wall. We're expecting an incredible storm. And so she took us upstairs, which was the Legion and the entire community of this little town was celebrating uh, Christmas in July. And they were having a big turkey and they had fresh lemonade and all the fixings to go with the turkey. And they sat us down, put food in front of us and a big glass of lemonade and said, hunker down, we're going to be here for a while. And so not really ever experiencing that kind of weather, I wanted to see if it was really true and went downstairs to have a look. And by the time I got downstairs, the water was two feet high in the streets And it was a raging river and the wind and the rain was out of control. (laughs) I was just mortified. I had never seen anything like it. And all of a sudden I realized how grateful to have this girl just show up at that particular moment. And the storm was so bad. We ended up having to stay there for four and a half hours before the rain cleared and before the radar showed that there weren't more storms coming. By the time they let us out of the Legion, the streets had gone down to maybe six inches of water and the sky wasn't clear, but it had stopped raining enough for us to to go on our way. We were so impressed with the community and so thankful to absolutely everyone, especially the the young gal in the truck um, that we've stayed in touch with her and we've been to visit her twice now. we We've no kidding. Out of our way down the back road to the little bitty town to, to see it on a sunny day. <laughs> and huh. uh, I just will never forget that because I couldn't imagine what would have happened if we got caught in a flash flood with that kind of storm on our motorcycles.
1: Yeah, two things that strike me about that is like, if you had chosen to keep going, what kind of position you'd be in on the open highway with yeah. that amount of water running. And the second thing is, what crazy cool coincidence that they're hosting this bizarre event that makes this experience of kindness just that much more adventurous and cool. So, such an yeah, story. Absolutely.
0: Got a great Christmas dinner out of it in the middle <laughs> of five from a uh, hundred strangers that became our instant friends.
1: Really neat. Gals, Sue and Pauline, thank you so much for sharing your stories and... Uh, talking about your organization, Kelowna Caring Canines Society, doing uh, great things prior to COVID and even better things to come. Thank you so much. Thank you.
2: Thanks for having us. It was nice to chat with you.
1: Likewise. Thank you so much for
0: joining us on this Community Spotlight. If you're a volunteer or leader who knows of someone or is someone contributing in your community, we want to hear from you. Go to communityofbighearts.com and click the Nominate tab. And let us know who they or you are we look forward to speaking with you thank you again for tuning into the community of big hearts